What's going on? Welcome to another episode of Life Beyond the Lens. I'm your host, Ken Nelson. And on today's episode, I got filmmaker, writer, the director, um, Anthony Cuffey on the show. Man, I appreciate you coming on last minute, man. Like I, I uh, reached out to Anthony yesterday, I think last night, and was like, can you come on tomorrow? Because I saw that you were going to be uh, posting a teaser for your new short film that's coming out um, called D-Hath. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, but man, thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Oh, uh, man, no problem. I, I, I'm glad I got the invite. So thank you. Oh, man. So just, man, I, you know, uh, forgive me. I didn't know, like, I, I, I've grew up in Detroit, you know, but I came to Lansing like years ago. I went to Michigan State. And so I kind of been out of the scene for a while and just kind of like two years ago, got back into Detroit scene and then got into the filmmaking scene. And but I didn't know, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't know you, man. I started looking at some of your work and I'm like, yo, you got, I mean, I see Don Snipes and a lot of other people, you know, some Detroit people, you see a lot of stuff. And so you've been around for a while. So it's, you know, talk about, I mean, just, man, like, where did you start? I know you said you started writing, you were in public relations, you went to school for it. And so, man, what, what's your background and how did you even become a filmmaker? Uh <clears throat> Man, it's ironic. You know, I graduated in business, and when I came, when I was in school, uh, my professors used to, uh, one particularly my English teacher, she said that I was an excellent writer, and that didn't mean anything to me because I went to school like any other kid from the inner city to uh, to who? At least I, I thought <laughs> I thought that was that was the avenue for me, and I was so far from the reality of it, and so. Um, so when I graduated, man, I graduated and I really didn't have any direction. I start, I went to business and then I ended up uh, teaching. But I, had, I wrote a book and <clears throat> I wrote the book with the mindset of it eventually becoming a movie. It was just a thought. I was like, I'll just write a book and we'll do something different. We produced, because I do music as well. Mm -hmm. And so we produced a soundtrack, soulful soundtrack for that book. And lo and behold, we put some testers out there and with my music partner, Romani Page, who just so happens to be the voice, we'll get more into that, behind the, uh, the Donnie character. And uh, the, so the soundtrack, man, it really took off. Like people were really into the music side of it. I did that with my boy Will and my uncle who's like my big brother. Uh, we co-produced the, 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 uh, the soundtrack. And it, it really did well, man. And so uh, in regards to recognition, not necessarily money and numbers, but uh, some well to do people start getting in contact with us. And um, <clears throat> I was like, man, man I, I would love to, to transition this into doing movies because I've always been a movie fan. And uh, a couple of my friends got together and we started working on shorts and, and involving ourselves in competitions. And from that point on, man, I, nothing stopped me. I was like, let's do this, right? And so I had hooked up with a friend, with a guy named uh, <clears throat> Loon. Excuse me, man, I got a little coffee. Loon from uh, Bad Boys, who was a rapper, and he when, when he and I had connected, we connected through a friend because I was trying to get people attached to the book because I wanted someone to write the screenplay for the book and then eventually direct it. <laughs> and he was the one who was like, "Man, um, man, you so you're a talented guy, bro. You need to just take this in your hand and not necessarily go the traditional route." and make this movie yourself, make your dream your dream and do it without, you know, bringing traditional Hollywood in because it may be harder. And so that push is what kind of transitioned me more to focus on Anthony Cuffey, the, the artist. Mm 
and uh, we took it from there. And that's how I kind of got into the game, <clears throat> interest wise. Okay, so you you made a you made a comment about traditional Hollywood, and when they get their hands on it, it can, you know, a lot of times slow down the process. Um, and what do you? So I, I want to. I'm asking this question because I um, I've been, you know I talk a lot of friends about doing it yourself versus you know, trying to go and just, just, just depend on the, on the festival route and try to, you know, depending on somebody that comes to your film and offer you, uh, you know what I'm saying, to buy you out and take it and all that stuff, the traditional Hollywood dream, you know, um, what does taking it into your own hands, betting on yourself look like? What is, what does that look like for you? It looks like, uh, taking money aside, pushing it aside, buying the equipment that you, you need to, to purchase, but more importantly, buying courses, trying to get involved uh, <clears throat> on many sets as you possibly can so that you can kind of see the process, uh, building relationships. I think relationships is more important than anything. And for me taking it on my, on my own hands is uh, I, I set up an educational thing for myself. So what I would do, um, one of my favorite movies is Shawshank Redemption, right? So I remember I bought the video of Shawshank and then I bought the screenplay. And I went uh, line for line, uh, movie to screenplay, movie to screenplay. What wasn't in there, why wasn't in there? I studied the concept of why they allowed this to be in a movie versus what was actually written. And uh, me breaking that down gave me a, a deeper insight <clears throat> on the filmmaking process. So I, I, I kind of took on the notion as an educator, I taught myself the way I would students you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and i think that was the foundation and once i got to that i started getting to the technical side of, of it and uh learning on as many people as i possibly can that's what that means to me now i did kind of affect go the traditional route in a sense <clears throat> in other words of uh connecting to uh, hollywood people establishing some mentors things of that nature so and to me that's that's the route that's most satisfactory to me versus uh, making movies and just putting them on uh, Prime. I know that's a route for a lot of people. And I think there's different avenues for whatever uh, standard you set for yourself. And um, I guess that's my story. What did you teach? Did that make uh, sense? Yeah, reading? oh no, that, that made a lot of sense, man. No, because it is different routes. And I think, you know, what I always say is, because I, you know, I grew up like watching Hollywood movies, man, adoring like directors, just, you know what I'm saying? Aspiring to be like that. And on one hand, it kind of messed me up because I was always like, my stuff ain't good enough. You know what I'm saying? And so I had to change my mindset. Like, all right, I, my stuff is good, but like, you know, there are certain things that have, that have a different path. Like some of the stuff I do, like you said, like may do, you know, maybe streaming or maybe straight to, maybe straight to the audience, like through whatever platform you know what i'm saying and there be other things it's like no this has to go more for traditional route because of the um potential or because of you know what i'm saying like so so it is just knowing i think it's important to, like you said just know what the end goal is right for for that project but um but you said you 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 taught what did you teach did you teach business or did you teach something else uh crazily i went from corporate into uh <clears throat> i started teaching at a high school i taught it so I taught in the elementary level, I taught high school level. And then um, I, my, my last teaching, well, not even a teacher, I ended up taking more of an administrative role at Southeastern High School. And 
I was doubling in on it. I was working at also Baker's College where I actually taught filmmaking at Baker's College. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, uh, as intense as I was in regards to trying to educate a student, is I took that same approach upon myself and was educating myself in regards to the filmmaking process. And so then you transitioned from teaching, as you transitioned from teaching to uh, creating your own production company? <clears throat> Absolutely. And how was that transition? What was that like? A very hard, harsh one. You know, <laughs> the reality of it all is that, man, this is a very, 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 uh, I wouldn't necessarily say competitive uh, uh, industry. It's just a hard one in a very niche related industry to, to get involved in. And even though it looks like, hey, everyone can, can do it, that's not the, the reality. You know, I think sometimes we kind of get out uh, the reality of, of what that situation actually looks like. I mean, as much as I wanted to play basketball, that wasn't going to happen for me. That wasn't the intent that God had for me. And, and you have to find what, what relates to you. Maybe even in that field of filmmaking, everyone is not a writer, everyone is not a director. But <clears throat> I just kind of knew that um, there was a place for me in the field of, uh, of, of, of the arts from a filmmaking perspective and I'm totally off from question because I don't even remember. Oh, no, you're good, you're good. No, just that transition, what was it like? Um, you said it was a difficult <laughs> transition. So how long did it take you to get on your feet once you left teaching? Uh, man, I, I can't even say at, at this point, I'm still on my feet. You know, I, I look at my counterparts and a lot of them are doing much better than I am. But uh, I think immediately my foot was already in the water. I was kind of doing uh, dual roles in the first place as a foundation. And then once I found that the foundation was solid and that I had somewhat of a reputation, I stood out there and it was ups and downs. I had some great moments and then I had some low moments. And then I just kind of had to find my medium and, and um, <clears throat> in the process of finding a way to monetize the, the talent, also fight for the dream and the Hollywood dream. And so that's what we've basically been doing. So it's been consistent. It's just, it, it's nothing easy about it. And um, I'm looking to, to take a big step in the right direction where I'm going this year. Uh, 2020 yeah. was a big hit for it. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Not, yeah. Nothing easy about it. Not at all, man. No, it's, it's, um, I always say it's one of those, it's probably one of the only industries where it, it, there's not a real blueprint to get right to the right. goal you know like if you want to be a lawyer or a doctor you know you you know you can go to school for this many years and it's how much it's gonna cost you go here and do all these things right. to make partner or to, you know but it's like with film it's like it's hard man it's hard you don't know because a lot of it's subjective like you may have a brilliant script and everybody hate it you know what i'm saying right. and you can't you can't get in the door and it's like what well, this is a great script and so you know and then if you like you say if you you take it on and bet on yourself then you got the issue of monetary resources other resources and all those things but it's i mean it's not impossible um but and, and so I, I that's why i want to ask you man i i saw your short and I, I i saw it as soon as you sent it yesterday and well before i ask ask you about um your short film selfish let me back up um and and first ask you you know so you wrote the novel um you were shooting like weddings music videos and did you, was Selfish your first attempt at a screenplay? Not at all, man. I I, uh, I, I actually wrote, <laughs> I wrote and shot a, a feature 
years ago, probably about nine years ago, my first feature. Never was released. Thank, thank the Lord for it. Um, <laughs> it certainly was an educational piece. And it's something I'm eventually revealing. It wasn't completed in, in the, the editing process. But I think when, when things are more established, I'm going to release it so people can kind of see where my journey started from. But no, by, by any means, it, it wasn't my first. Um, I have a few shorts uh, that, that we completed uh, that was uh, that was out briefly. We did it for certain uh, certain competitions. I just wasn't out there just trying to release, you know, anything with my, my, my name on it and me not being ready for the world to see it. So I was it wasn't the first. It was just uh, one of a few that I felt public because everyone was like wanting to see it and people who saw stuff was like oh my god but to be honest with you when i look at i'm a, I'm a harsh critic so when i look at my work man, i'm not comparing it to to the man left next to me or to, right. i'm comparing it to the scorseses of the world or the spielbergs of the world because that's my goal and my objective and so um i know that they're the standard and it's improbable to meet that standard immediately but i think if you shoot for that standard eventually you'll be amongst the standard you know what i'm saying and so uh i haven't released some stuff we're gonna start releasing some stuff uh, yeah man you, you got to, like so I, I would say i would argue that that's kind <laughs> of so with, with artists like so you seem like just listening to you it's like okay like you you humble and you, like you said i'm the same i'm the worst my worst critic man and and I would argue that that has hindered me um, because yeah. there's a lot of stuff that I didn't do because I'm like, this ain't good enough. You That's know true. what I'm saying? And so I could have, and so now I've been, I've been transitioning my mindset, like, okay, I know like I, I'm aiming for, like you say, the Scorsese's, the Quentin's, the Spikes, I'm aiming right. for that. I may not hit that because I, I may not have the knowledge, the, the resources, but like I'm a fall right at, at this level. Right. And so I have to say, this is the best. This is like me maxing out my level. Like, so how can I max out my current level of, of experience, of resources, you know, and then put it out there. And that's really what I've been trying to do. And so I listen to you and I'm like, man, I, just just um, like you said, you watch bad films to, to like figure out how to to find the gaps and make them better. And so I thought I thought that was dope, man, because I, I, I tell young filmmakers like watch bad stuff like watch it because you're going to see what are some of the stuff that you saw in those movies that you watched that were that you would say were bad that you said i gotta well, fix I, this in my stuff i watched great movies mostly and then i watched some bad and see what i fell short um i think one of the things that, that a lot of movies fall short in the structure um story the, the, the structure of writing a a story Often, especially in, in, in the independent world, I see people fighting to write twists and turns, twists and turns, twists and turns. But if your whole movie is predicated on twists and turns, and then we kind of know what the, the twist and turn is, then the journey is not uh, is it, it, not uh, a, a good journey or adventurous for us or entertaining. The key is um, structurally, if you if you, if it's done right with a good story, even if you figure out. The, the twist and turn. The journey is so deep to where you still get captivated by the, by, by the whole process. I mean, by the story. So, I uh, I think a lot of times the structure, you know, um, no 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 uh, character art for the main characters and and 
just the events happening without a true story a through through line throughout the entire story i think that's missing a lot oh and you know a lot a lot of times man i think we we try to recreate things that had already been done like uh boys in the hood minister society i think everyone's trying to make that next boys in the hood minister society without understanding structure and uh one of my boys man he he reminded me because we, we were looking at it uh and it's not against anyone but we was looking at a trailer man it was like 15 guns came out <laughs> and uh, and we were like dude well i don't even know what the story is about i just know that we think that raises the stake and he told me that i think it was scorsese who said or someone said that um when you do that it's a, a lazy way to to raise the stakes um so you find it you fall you find yourself falling into tropes and and the cliches and that's something i try to stay away from i see that in a lot of bad movies mm-hmm. no man that, that leads me to um selfish you're, you're short and i watched that man after i watched it i i, I dm'd you was like yo this is deep it's powerful like it and, and as i was watching it like the biggest thing that stood out to me was your restraint with dialogue and um just you you said so much with so much restraint um and and the images and the way that you cut it and like that montage with the two of them like just remembering the good you know that and they were outside and they were together and just how beautiful that was and then when it turned you know when his when 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 his neurological disease like when it kicked in I was like, man, I was like, hey, where's this going? And then you went there in the end, <laughs> at the end messed me up. And then the quote. And so when I saw that quote and the quote was, I don't, I mean, I don't give me spoilers away for, for the film, but uh, the quote was love is sacrificial and beyond its boundaries is selfish. And so I stood there, I'm like, I don't get it for a minute, right? I was like, wait, okay. And I sat there and just started reflecting on the movie and it just started to open up, man. Like, oh. and I was like, Wow, man, and just the 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 love. So what I got from it, and tell me, and I want you to tell me what why you use that quote. And but what I take from it is that we do a lot of things that we do. We do for love, whether it's what we do for people, what we do for our passions, you know, um, our purpose. We do it because we love it. But at where's the line, right? Where's that line? And then. But then I was like, okay, that's what he means. But then he went beyond that. When I started thinking about, you know, um, what she did in the end. And even my man was like, you know, I need you to do this for me if I go there. And she didn't do it because of love, right? But then was that selfish? Cause that's a difficult one. Like you, that if you, you can't ask somebody to do that and then expect them to do it, but then was it selfish? And then what she did in the end, was it selfish? Because she was missing that love the intimacy you know man but it was just so deep right it messed me up and i was like man coming from you dude that, that's an honor dude uh, hey thank you bro uh because a lot of i think <laughs> it's crazy it, it went over a lot of people's head and sometimes i like um for it to kind of sit there and not to be somewhat abstract but not so much i think that we wrote it with so much where well, i wrote it with so much uh subtext to where it was meet underneath mm-hmm. the lines and uh, i think the actors did an awesome job of portraying mm-hmm. that and you you kind of hit it on the nail man um her her, her knee when you talk about her situation and and um 
what being what he asked her to do, uh, the why of why she didn't do it is the selfish part of it. And, and, and it came with good intent. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. our intentions are well, but when when we're willing to uh, cross the boundaries of the other persons for our own personal love and love the person, so, sometimes, like take for instance, I, I think I this is what kind of stood out when I wrote it. Um, Oh, if, if you give flowers to some ladies, they may love and enjoy it. And in return, because they loved it so much, they may on your birthday return a favor and give you flowers. Mm -hmm. Well, we might not like flowers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And she may not understand the lack of appreciation from the fact that she didn't really honor what I needed in that moment. She gave me mm -hmm. what she needed, but it was all out of good intent. And a lot of times we ignore each other's need our own personal need and kind of kind of use that as a as a through line to complete the theme of it all and uh man that's dope that you got it. thank you thank you man i could man i couldn't like like i said the quote hit me and i'm like all right i get it on the on a surface level with several layers to it man man several layers and i'm like i can't this is not leaving me alone i'm like what it what does it mean like and and again it's just those lines like where do we draw the line like like she said you know oh you knew you had this issue but you kept fighting mm -hmm. but the love like you know that's all he said that's all he knew that's all he knew so it's like the love but then it's like and it, 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 even with that there's probably a lot of stuff under that like okay if i stop doing this we where, where the money gonna come from where the money come from you and know what i'm saying that was a sacrifice of it and it went without a true appreciation because of her love. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It wasn't like anybody was wrong, but when we don't deal with the reality of it, um, there lies the consequence and, and we seen what actually happened um, at the end. So yeah, man, um, yeah. selfish. Man, it's powerful, <laughs> man. Where, where did that, so what inspired you to write that? Just, man, you know, a lot of people come and even in my own personal relationship, uh, being married, over 20 years, um, you you get to a point to where people start asking, We like men, whoever, you know, men who, who normally marry, we, we talk situations out because iron sharpens iron. And, you know, you're sitting in and you're trying to be unbiased. You're like, bro, but, you know, I, I get her part too. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know you telling me your part of it, but I'm listening to her side of it. And she's actually writing that in as well. And um, that's probably the gist of what prompted me to do it as well. Man, dude, you've been married 20 minutes, 20 years. Yeah, man, 20, congrats 21. on that. 21, man, yeah. congrats on that. Like, first off, I've been married 10 and, uh, you know, on that, it, bro. yeah, man. And, and you, as you know, like there, there are tough seasons and beautiful seasons and, and, and how, let, let me ask you this, man, like, cause how does i saw a video with you and your wife you guys were at um a film festival i think it was the toronto international film festival and so just seeing that i'm like okay she's down 100 with what you're doing what your goals are like how has that been like was she always on board with the with 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 you wanting to um pursue filmmaking full-time you know how was that dynamic <laughs> I won't get you in trouble, man. Um, to be honest with you, man, it started out to where she judged it as a as a hobby because I was calling it a job, and I wasn't bringing any money home when I originally started. 
And so it was like, I mean, you keep saying you, cause I was always busy. And she, she was like, you know, you work in this job, but then you work in this job and you're always busy working, quote unquote, but you're not even bringing money home from your work on that second job. <laughs> so uh, I, I think she believed in me. I, I think she's one of my hardest critics. I don't know if I can ever uh, satisfy her. <laughs> she's like, oh, that was nice. You said it's always something, but it's her pushing me to be where I want to be. And she know where, she knows where I'm trying to go. So I get it. But no, nah, at first, man, it, it, I thought it was a, a process for her to, to, uh, to buy in. But once she starts seeing um, some of uh, the success and some of the accolades, um, especially uh, when we start getting some notoriety or some notice from, from the Hollywood sector of things, um, I think that kind of opened things up and made it easier to accept. So it was some, you know, I, I think that's the reality behind it. She might smite me for that, but I think that's the reality. <laughs> <laughs> no man i get it man Talking about, like the pushing and the, to have that support like my wife she supports 100 filmmaking takes up the entertainment world but in particular filmmaking takes up a lot of your time the writing the scheduling you're trying to shoot trying to market trying to network i mean everything that's all in cumbersome man your, your wife she's not a part of the, the process so sometimes you don't even know what you're doing when you're doing mm -hmm. it so even the research and the study is not it's part of it's part of your development so yeah i i know it's hard and i commend any mate that's willing to deal with uh an artist because it's not yeah. it's not easy i mean you said it's a lot of time and people don't realize it i think that's not in the creative space but it's a lot of mental energy um and, but you don't think it is, you know, oh, you just writing, you know, you, it's fun. You writing these fun stories. I'm like, you realize where you got to go. You gotta go man. It's like to do this and, and it's a lot of energy, man. And like you said, yeah. Oh yeah, man. And so like what, um, what, what would you say was one of probably one of your biggest setbacks along the way? Um, something that maybe almost even took you out of the game and, and you, and, and how did you get over to get to where you are now? Man, um, outside of death or anything of that nature, uh, I had many setbacks. Um, sometimes, you know, you have great months financially and sometimes you you, you, you dip and, and, and sometimes it hits you like, should you really be doing this? You know what I mean? But I think the hardest hits, man, is when I send it to like a a, a, uh, a name or somebody in the industry will get some coverage or a competition and then feedback comes and they just are killing me. What's this, that, that, that doesn't connect with this, what's the desire, what's the point, what's the, uh, you know what I'm saying? Um, every aspect of it, just nailing something that you thought you had nailed. And what it does, man, it, it, it knocks you on your knees and you start thinking like, maybe I shouldn't partake in this industry. But man, I'm gonna tell you something um, that I, I got from Aaron Sorkin, not me directly, but I was looking at an interview he had did. And he said his default in writing is blank. He's blank, that's his default. And when, it's, when he finally writes, he's so enthused about it, he gives it to, um, his, uh, his chain of, of personnel who he trusts, who understands structure and how to write. He says, when they give it back to him, he said, 
every time he gets the first notes, he always feels like he's not worthy to be partaking his profession. This is Aaron Sorkin, one of the right. the best known, well known uh, screenwriters in this in this gener in this time, man. Mm -hmm. And he's saying that, so it kind of it, it hit me, and it said, "Wow, if, if he, someone of that stature, is going through it, then this is just part of the game." And um, I started knowing, man, that that's part of the process. Like he says that before he even has a movie shot, he's uh, he has he's written 15 to 20 drafts. It's Aaron Sorkin. And then you start meeting some of these screenwriters and they're all saying 20. And then you start seeing interviews, 50, 15, 20 drafts, 10, 15, 20 drafts. And then you come home, you start hearing people writing scripts and shooting after that first draft. And you're like, <laughs> you're like what? <laughs> and so uh, those were setbacks, but they were setbacks to push you to a point to where it made you better, if that counts. Oh, that, so let me ask you this, like how much, like when you get those notes, when those people are like ripping it apart. Killing it. Killing it. How much of that feedback, I mean, it may all be valid, but how much of that feedback, how do I ask it? Is, is subjective feedback, is valid feedback? And then if you made no changes, with the people like it so and i guess i guess you know what i'm saying I, and i know like there's um that's kind of the balance it's like if you do you know the industry and then the actual viewers the audience put it this way if, if you know something in your heart is is where you're trying to go you know um if you're gonna gamble anyway you're gonna gamble on your own mistakes or your own decisions so roll with it however uh no one is is good enough. I put I, I I tell people all the time, man, writing a bad movie, a bad script is extremely hard. And writing a good movie is virtually impossible. Uh, as a standard, basically saying that um, it's no way, and God's good grace that you can write unless you're an anomaly. It happens, but. None of us is write or are writing scripts on the first, second draft, and they're decent scripts. Third, and most times tenth. Uh, and not, you know, some people might do it on third, fourth, fifth. I'm not saying to negate that and listen to what I'm saying. I'm just saying in general, writing a script is extremely hard. And so when you get stuff and 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 they're based on structure, even if you don't agree with it, as long as you're being challenged on the idea and you can refute it, then you keep it. Um, cause they're not always right, mm -hmm. but everyone should be challenged on the ideas. And so I have a, a screenwriting uh, and, and director partner. And in fact, he's one, he's a producer on a lot of my stuff. We challenge each other on ideas, not from a Hagen perspective, just making sure you're thinking out all the, the whole entire process, because we want our stuff to be the best stuff that we can project in that moment. Mm -hmm. And we all should have that kind of partnership. So um, you have to eat the meat and spill out the bones with anything, but do not negate good criticism. It makes you a better writer. It makes you a better director. Mm -hmm. At least that's my. No, that's no. I agree. I agree. Um, so, so, D Hath, talk about now. You 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 have a music background. You said you you've been your bio says you've been in music since you were seven. So, um, where did you get the inspiration? to write a film about Donny Hathaway? Um, 
I mean, let me take you back. When, when I was uh, five years old, man, my, my uncle, I think he dated um, a young lady who used to be married to one of the four times. I think uh, Val Benson, I believe, right? And she did a play that we went to go see. And I was like five years old. I was so engulfed and intrigued into this this uh, play that when, I, when we got home, that's all I could think about. And at five years old, I think I was five or six, I rewrote her play. And um, I was like, man, I, I, I was assigning my, my family members in certain parts and I never showed anyone because I, I didn't think I was five years old, but I was just excited about what I had just seen. And so I got into music, man. And every time I would hear music, I would see images. I don't know how that correlates, but somehow it kind of meshed to me. And so I would go to church and I was always concentrated on the drummer because I just love the drum. And so I ended up playing the drums a little bit. Ain't the best, but I, I could play the drums a little bit, right? And so music, so me and my music partner, he was playing the keys at, at one of our churches. And our relationship developed from there to where we should start playing in the studio all the time, man. This dude uh, can blow. I can't wait till the world hear, hears his, his, his voice. Especially, the, he's the worst in the screenplay. I mean, it's this movie as Don. Um, so, um, the, the, Donnie, as a kid, he was my, I was most intrigued by his story because I just knew that there was a suicide behind it and there was some controversy behind it. And I didn't understand because every time I would hear his music, it did something emotionally to me. And I had never felt an artist like that, even from a kid on up. And my uncle, again, who's like my big brother, he he uh, he nourished it. Now he, he made me a, a tape from one of his boys and it was all Donnie. And I was just playing Donnie, playing Donnie, playing Donnie. And I was like, man, why did he have to be dead? That's all I used to think about, man, when I was a kid. And so when I got into filmmaking, I was like, man, I wonder if I can get in contact with the estate and do something with Donnie. Like, I want to be a part of the, the writing process of this Donnie thing. And it was no way around it, man, until I started realizing that, you know, um, I could do a tribute or, you know, an unauthorized biopic on it. And I had my own take. So I did my own research. It's not a lot of information on Donnie out there, like books. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do a lot of research. And, and from what I already knew and some interviews I had seen, I didn't have any means of getting in contact with people I wanted to get in contact with to make a uh, reality. So all the research, I just took a, uh, a segment of his life and recreated that and made and took some liberties and had some and bridged some of the gaps and came up with the story, man. I think we did an excellent job. Man. Let's talk a little bit about the actors in it, man. Like, so who's in this film man? and tell me about like, how did you find them and cast them and, and uh, just fill me in on, on, on the cast. I talked about Tish and you know how we reconnected, um, despite basically from the Ivile situation that you, you did. Uh, but at one time, um, Daniel, who, 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 who I can't wait to people see his performance. He kills the Donnie role, man. By the way, uh, he hit me up one time. We was at some event, and he was like, "Cuff, you know we got to work together." I didn't even know he knew who I was, because like you said, I'm, I'm kind of like. MIA, I, I'm out of the circle, I guess. Um, and I was like, man, okay, yeah, definitely. I like this work, you know, so I said, we can do that. 
So we had this opportunity, and I, I had another name that was going to do Donnie, but his schedule got got tied up, man. He had a lot of stuff going on with Lovecraft and some other stuff, and he pulled out. And so I had I was having Daniel in, a, in another spot, man. And then I couldn't get Daniel out of my head, and I was like, I hit up my boy Art, and I said, Art, man, I don't think we have to search for another Donnie. I think I think DJ can do this. He was like, oh yeah, DJ, man. He can do it. So I called him, asked him, you know, read for it. And he did his thing, man. So uh, I got him, uh, Kyle Greenlaw, man, um, an amazing talent who years ago, man, he told me, he said that, um, man, I'm hung he told me he was hungry for the game, man. And everyone says that, you know what I'm saying? But this guy, bro, he's been on, on, on uh, the shy. Uh, he's on billboards. He's always on these different commercials. Like his hustle game was crazy, and he's talented. So uh, he's one of my my go to guys, you know. Um, so that was an easy pick. And then my boy Ian and Winans, who uh, is talented. He's a, he's a comedian in the city. He's, who's, who's making his, his steps towards uh, that route of success. And, and of course, um, who am I missing? Harley, man. We 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 had someone to play one of the roles. And they dropped out with uh, COVID anxiety, just nervous about filming during COVID, which I understood. But it put us in a place that where we were getting too, we were getting close to shooting. And I thought of Harley, and I'm like, man, this guy has his own production. He's busy. He's he's you know he has all these write-ups and variety. He's not gonna do this short film. And I called him, and he was interested in the part. And I was like, you know, flabbergasted, like straight up. <laughs> so he he came through. And man, uh, these guys, man, went through the whole process, my process and rehearsals, and it could be somewhat tedious. And man, they they killed it, dude. Like I, I was, I was just excited about what we were able to produce through um, the actors, man. So shout out to all them guys. But wait, I can't wait till you see Donnie. Is I mean, Danny was Donnie. Uh, that's gonna be something. Man, and Daniel, like I, I um. You said Kyle, he's an older gentleman, right? He was in a- um, Yeah, yeah, KG. Yeah, okay. Cause I think I first seen him and I noticed him, he looked familiar cause I saw him in um, McGraw Ave as the, as the, the father, yeah. yeah and so, and he was in, he was at the uh, the, the coach in, in um, your film, uh, Selfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, man, it was a great cast. Harvey, I, I know, I met Harvey once. He came to one of my Harley. Um, film premiere. Harley, yeah, let me go back, hold on. Three, two, one. Harley, man, I had I met Harley once. Um, he came to one of my film premieres. I met him twice actually, but uh, yeah, he's 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 a talent too, man. Um, what character? What character does he play? He he plays this. He, he he's he's the representation of the label, and so he has this deep conversation with Donnie, man. Um, uh, I'm trying to say it without giving up. Oh no no you don't have to, you don't have yeah, to say man. that. He's like, <laughs> artist, he's like an artist man. Yeah. No, you don't have to say say much, I, man. Did I, I say Teach killed this though, bro? <laughs> Wait till you see Teach. Shout out to them, man. They they have a scene together. Him, uh, her, and DJ. That's phenomenal, bro. Man, I can't wait, man. I I seriously can't wait to see this. Um, it looks great. Just from the behind the scenes pics too. Thank everything. You. I mean, you captured like that 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 feeling just with some of the stuff that I, the stuff that i've seen like you know donnie on his cover his album covers and and just some of the pics and you know what i'm saying like 
how you said it, there's not much information out there, but did you, how did you research, you know, and, and, and get, and let me ask you, man, you don't want to give too much away though. Like, um, cause I was going to ask you, is there a particular moment that you focus on in his life um, in this film? But how did you get some of the information on Donny Hathaway? Did you did you get in contact with the family? Like you, you said, you wanted to talk to the family and uh, a lot of research on um, internet, just crazy searches, and then you you'll get certain links to other links, and then you get to like uh, some of the controversial stuff. You will get uh, uh, conspiracies, uh, and then you start meeting people who who had some connection with mm -hmm. Donnie at some point. You know what I'm saying? Like I have a few stories that um, as a recent kind of helped me deal with some of the mindset. And then there was an on song uh, interview uh, that, you know, kind of answered a lot of the questions as well. So I took a, a lot of that and kind of utilized it to come up with the storyline. So um, Okay. Yeah, man. I can't wait to see what it you know, and what it does and uh, man, a feature. You, you thinking of, after going through this, do you think, you know, you can get a feature out of it? And that's the objective, you know, um, it was a twofold situation. To spark an interest for people to want to see a, a story about Donnie. I, I think his talent is worthy of it. And it's unfortunate we hadn't gotten that story to this point. I, I don't know what the holdup is, but this is our claim to say, hey, we are interested in doing a story and I have a certain perspective on how I would like to tell the story. So it's like, hey, to the state, hey, give us a chance, man. <laughs> I think we could do this thing and some, some, some justice, you know. Uh, speaking to the pictures that you mentioned, my, my DP, uh, Jordan Lasik, man, out of Dallas came through and he, he killed it, man. It was an easy pleasure to work with. And so he kind of embedded a lot of my ideologies in uh, some of the looks and um, I just hope that we are able to make that claim and, and, and eventually get the feature. When I saw, first I saw the behind the scenes of D-Hat and I love Donny Hathaway. Like I think, like you said, his voice, like man, when I heard his stuff, I mean, it's so much beauty and pain <laughs> simultaneously in his voice is crazy, you know, and, 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 you, and but it just hits you in a, in a way that I'm just like, I, I don't know how to explain it sometimes. But so when when I saw that, I was excited off rip. But then I, when I saw Selfish, like you say, you see music and you see images, that sequence with the husband and the wife where they're outside and stuff, I saw that sequence and I was like, D hath about to be fire. I just with that, how you did the music and the images together and how you paste it and just all the, the small moments, man, it's those small moments that they were having with each other. I was like, man, this this film about to be fired because again of, of Donnie's voice, but Don, Don and, and just seeing how you you handle uh what you do so delicately, you know, and and with restraint, but with so much power and beauty. And I'm like, I can't wait. I was like, I can't wait. And that, that's why I was reached out, man. I'm like, I got to have you on the podcast to talk about it, man. Like, and, and to really um, just, just meet you. That's, I mean, really, I was just like a fan of jump just from the behind the scenes. And so say this, man, I got to stop you right there, man. Um, thank you for the words. I hope that we meet that standard 
Um, I think we did a hell of a job. But coming from you, man, I, I seen Ival, bro. Commend you, and I ain't saying it because anybody who knows me know I, I, um, my words are my words. You know, either left or right. <laughs> coming from you, the person who did Ival, that that's mad love, though. That's on real. That's real. Thank you. Because I know that you really understand the process, and you are truly a filmmaker. And that story, um, the one with Latisha. In fact, I had worked with with Tish before, but it was me seeing her and Ival, which. Wow, which kind of sold it for me. We we originally was going for a bigger name, but then it was like, you know, me and uh, my boy Art, we, we, we talked about T, especially from that performance. And, I was, and and that, and then her her, uh, her Instagram, of course. Yeah, like, yeah. But I was like, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's do that. So thank you, bro, for the words. Oh man, no man. Look, I, like I say, man, when I see gifts, and I'm just like, again, man, I I, I was just like. I can't wait to see it. And like, I, I was happy for Letitia. Like, Letitia, man, this is going to be incredible. And she's like, yeah, I can't say much, but I'm excited. And yeah, man, I, I'm just, again, blown away just from just from the little bit that I saw. And so I uh, I commend you, man. And, you know, um, I I, uh, I just can't wait to see what you do, man, and, and to see more that you do. And it's because it's yeah, you gotta keep making it. You gotta keep making stuff, man. Keep going. Keep keep moving. I know it's I know it's difficult, man. I, I, oh man, you, you I know, know it's I difficult. Did. I done yeah. quit several times in my head, man. Yeah, <laughs> man. Every day, just about. I'm like, because it, it it seems like it's, you know, I I, I am um I, I'm looking to do a, another season of Ivar. I kind of dropped. That. I've been quiet about it, but I want to do another season. But it's like you think about everything that. You have to, it's not just writing it and going out and shooting it. It's like, like you said before, like the writing, the, the shooting, the directing, the marketing, the, the, and it's, so, it's so much, you know, and you look at that mountain and you're like, do I want to do this again? You know, um, but you know, it's, you got to keep going, man. You got to keep going. What choice do you have, man? Right. Do you stop and then you be miserable or are you just right. trying to, um, that's another motivating factor. And you know, man, doing these packages, trying to get investors into every situation, man, this stuff is not easy at all. No. I commend every filmmaker, man. I don't care. Every filmmaker that's doing it, man. And, and particularly my city, man, I think Detroit is, is uh, we have a lot of talent in this area, the Detroit metro area, all the way down to Lansing, man. I've seen what you guys have done, man. And, um, Man, I, I'm excited about where we can go, where we can go, um, and, and, and shoot, it, it helps you continue on. So, I, like I said, I appreciate you coming on, man. I, I, um, I commend you for the work that you're doing. Uh, I can't wait to see the teasers dropping. So, talk about like so for the people that's listening. You know, where can they follow you? Where can they see your work? And and when can we see? We probably won't see D Hat for a little while because you're gonna do the festival circuit with it. So. Um, but where can they where can people follow you, man? Uh Instagram is uh Cuffy Films, C-U-F-F as in Fred, Fred I-E Films. Uh Anthony Cuffy on Facebook. Uh, uh YouTube, I think it's Anthony Cuffy Star. And you know, I'm I'm on three platforms and you know, check me out there. Uh I, I I gotta put my website back up, but once it's up, it's probably well I don't need to announce it until it's back up. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, man. No, man, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. 
and uh, we'll see you next week.